So, great big good morning. Wonderful to have you folks here. Whether you're joining us in our studio audience, you're joining us online, whether you're joining us live or archived from wherever you are, it is great to have you here today. Now, a little public service announcement. A lot of folks are very interested in the small groups we run here at New Church Live. And what are those small groups all about? Well, I want to say real quickly, churches in this day and age, we need to decide, are we a commodity or are we a community? And I really think there's only one answer to that, frankly. We're a community. And yeah, we're a community that uses online tools to build community, to have people feel that sense of connection, whether it's here in person or whether it's all across the globe. So the way you can keep up with our small groups, and we're going to be offering a bunch of them come this fall, which, believe it or not, is only about three or four weeks away, you're more than welcome to go on our homepage, www.newchurchlive.tv, Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our email newsletter, and that way you'll miss nothing. And we really do have folks like, we got some great stuff coming up in the fall that we're going to be talking about. And regardless of even if you're listening to this in 2024, it's still going to be the same. Go to the homepage, sign up for an email update just so you can keep, keep track of what we're doing here at New Church Live. So, so with that, friends, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and get started here today. And it's, it's, it's a fun service to think about. It's been a fun one to plan. And then the history of this goes back to a conversation I had with our executive director, Curtis Childs. And we were talking about sort of five pieces of Christian New Church theology that we found life-changing. He was specifically asking me, like, Chuck, you step into these environments. What are the five things you really love to share with people? And today is one of my favorites. It's the idea of the common good. I want you to notice how my shirt matches the common good there, or sort of matches. You know, that idea of the common good. And, and what is that all about, the common good? Well, it's, it's this idea, right? We, we all know that service, from a Christian perspective, service is the answer for A, B, C, and D. Like, you're ever wondering what to do? Ask, how can I serve? And God will give you the answer. So service is really important. And, and the question becomes then, if we just sharpen it a little bit, well, then how do we serve? Well, the way we hold it here in the new church is that what we serve is the good in the neighbor. In other words, we serve the good in other people. I love that concept. Because what that means is I need to step close enough to other people, including those I may not have anything in common with, to step close enough to actually be able to see what's good in them. And the beautiful part, folks, it's not to see, notice what I said, it's not to see if there's good in them. <laughs> because guess what? There is. There is good. It's not an if question. It's a what question. What is the good that this person has in them, that God's given them? And I want to discover that. I want to, I want to get a sense of that. I want to learn more about this person and, and how they work and, 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 and what really lights them up and where their, where their life is really coming alive. Like, I want to know all those things. And I also want to step close enough, again, even so those parts that aren't working, those parts that are in pain, those parts that are struggling, where I step close enough to know that too. Because that, ironically, will also teach us a lot about what each other values and will help us to serve. That's what it means to serve the common good. 
Now, as we go about this, you know, one of the things I wanted to start with is that the common good, it's, it's not meaning that we're, we're kind of all the same. And so the picture I wanted to start with here, you know, it doesn't mean we're all the same. It's not like we're all this where's Waldo thing. We all dress the same, look the same, uh, we all are the same. No, it's, it's not that. It's not about a sameness. It's far more about unity, not uniformity. Unity of purpose. It's, it's why, folks, I think churches can, can have such an incredibly important role. And again, I'm thinking churches, mosques, synagogues, those things at their very best, why they can play such a significant role because they can take people from all kinds of extremes and redirect the energy in healthy ways and higher purposes. Healthy ways, higher purposes. And, and that, there's beauty in watching that happen. We get to see it all the time here in church. And when we do, folks, we start to see this. We start to see this magic where we can start to see good in other people and we can start to see the common good. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those fascinating parts to me, and I'm going to come back to this in a minute. One of those real fascinating parts to me is that, that, that you watch people serve, you watch what they do, you watch how they connect, whether it's at an individual level supporting someone, or whether it's, it's, it's a broader sort of corporate support of another group, it's regardless, like we look at that, and isn't it fascinating, right? Like we look at it and we go like, oh yeah, that's good. And then we share the video on Facebook. You know, we look at that and we think that's good. We all know that. Do you realize, I mean, have you ever thought, I've been thinking a lot about this, what a miracle that is. We all have very different ideas about what good music is, right? Tom Petty's the best, just saying. We all have different ideas about what good music is or what good food is. But this is one where it's like when we see it, we know it's really good. I mean, doesn't that speak to something about the human condition? I mean, just look, folks, at this picture. Of, and these are service things from over the years at New Church Live. You know, the, the, the joy that those people are all sharing as they go about this work of serving, this work of the common good, this work of drawing close enough to each other and those in need and knowing the good and knowing the struggle and knowing the vulnerabilities close enough and close enough that then they can actually start to serve. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, this is something we do very commonly at New Church Live. We put up a question, and then you may answer the question either in one of our chat rooms. We have some going on on Facebook, some going on with live stream. You can answer it in the chats, or you can text in an answer to me at 215-740-3662. And this is today's question. What good thing did you observe this week? What good thing did you observe this week? And it could have been a small thing. It could have been a big thing. I mean, I think most of the time, the good stuff we observe is pretty small. You know, a simple example somebody sent in, they, they said they, uh, they were with someone and, and they watched this, the person helping the senior citizen holding their hand crossing the street. I had one yesterday that was like, oh, that's a really good thing. You know, we had, a, we had a beautiful memorial service for somebody who'd lived an amazing life. It was over in New Jersey. Um, you know, this is going to sound strange, but I love going to old cemeteries and just kind of looking around at, 
It's just as, I love old cemeteries. They're just beautiful, and they're these beautiful reminders of the poignancy of life. And so I'm walking around, walking around this place, just, just looking around. And, and the, the, uh, you know, the, the guys who are the maintenance crew, you know, the guy, the guy pulls up and he's got his buddy behind him and he shouts, you okay, sir? And I'm thinking like, who is he talking to? And then I realized he was talking to me. He wanted to make sure I was okay, which of course I was perfectly fine. But I, I so appreciated that, right? I so appreciated that. So where did you see that? So as the band comes up here for our first song, you know, where have you seen people with their own two hands, like doing something good, creating something good in the world? Doesn't have to be something big, can be something small. You can put it in the chat, or you can text it to me, again, my phone number, 215-740-3662, and then we're gonna incorporate some of these in a, in a part of our service coming up in the second half. So, welcome folks, welcome to New Church Live, wonderful to be here with you today. change the world with my own two hands make a better place with my own two hands make a kinder place with my own two hands with my own with my own two hands with my own on earth with my own two hands I can clean up the earth with my own two hands and I can reach out to you with my own two hands with my own with my own two hands with my own with my own Use, use your own two hands, 
What a beautiful song. And, and we got a number of text messages back there from people observing kind of people, literally people helping with their hands, which, which you have to love that. So again, I, I want to come back to that point. Like, again, isn't it fascinating that it appears at least that we can all recognize what's really good in the world? That's really interesting to me. So, so let's take a look at, at, at sort of an ancient biblical part that, that clearly speaks towards that. Now, now the context here. The context is this ancient story of Noah, ancient, ancient story of Noah. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's the story of the flood, the ark, the animals. You probably have seen some pictures of that. And then Noah had these sons, and the world gets, the world gets restarted, essentially reboot, shut the whole thing down, start again. These sons start to populate the world. And that's what we're going we're gonna to pick up here today. And, and I want you to hear it as, as the poetic truth that's underneath this. The region where they lived, this is Noah's son, stretched from Mesha towards Sephar in the eastern hill country. These are the sons of Shem by their clans and languages and territories and nations. That idea that his sons had all these different languages, all these different territories, all these different spaces. And again, folks, obviously we're talking a poetic truth here. These are the clans of Noah's sons according to their lines of descent from their nations and from these nations spread out all over the world after the flood. Now that's interesting, folks. And then it gets this. So, so we have this idea. There's, people are spread out all over. They've all got these different languages, different tribes, different nations, different cities. And in the very next verse, this is Genesis 10, moving into Genesis 11. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. Wow. I think that's speaking to it from a, from a biblical perspective, from, a, from an internal sense, as we might say in the new church here. We can have this huge amount of variety, and yet, isn't it beautiful that we share a common speech? Isn't it interesting that we do that? It's, it's amazing to me as a pastor, you know, just watching the way church works. Like, church, is, church at its best speaks to that common language. Church at its best at a wedding speaks to a common language. Church at its best at a funeral speaks to that common language. Church at its best at a baptism speaks to that common language. Now, of course, we could take any of those things and, and use them to divide, but that's not what God is saying here. He's saying, look, they're, they're, yeah, we're, we're all different. There's all this variety. But within that, we have to find this oneness, this one language. Again, that beautiful line, the whole earth was one language with the same words. Obviously poetic because it had just said not the same language, not the same words. In the very next verse, same language, same words. It's talking about 
the language, folks, and words of our heart. What's on our heart? And so much of, of any kind of, of gathering should be that discovery of that same language and those same words. Again, very different perspectives. But that discovery and rediscovery, you know, I think it's one, for me, I think it's one of the best parts of life, you know, to be honest. It's one of the most fulfilling things we get to do as human beings is that. Rediscover that and serve that in each other. Now, we have this idea, too, of the idea of contrasting opposites. So if we have this idea of that, yeah, deep underneath it, there's one language and there's one set of words, what's the opposite of that? Right? If this is integration, the opposite of it is disintegration, where things start to fall apart. And, and I think, again, it's, it's such an interesting time to live in because I don't know anybody. Nobody's come up to me over the past couple years and said, Chuck, I love how much we're coming together these days. <laughs> Just, I, I haven't had that comment. People talk a lot about how it feels like it's, it's separated and, and shifted. And yet, how do we recapture that? How do we recapture that, that, that idea of the, that core language that we all share? Those core words. It's interesting just, just watching how the, how the world works. You know, we're living in such a polarized time. And isn't it interesting to see all this polarization, all this angst, any number of things, around any number of topics, right? But we're seeing it at a time where religion's clearly on the wane. I mean, religious involvement, any, there's not a good statistic out there, right? Isn't it interesting that we're seeing this, you know, the angstiness, the polarization increase at a time where religion's decreasing? It's interesting because a lot of people see faith as a divisive thing. I gently ask you to reexamine. Because if it was such a divisive thing, as it's trailed away, we shouldn't be seeing more divisiveness. But we are. And so how might we, how might we come at this in a, in a new way? How might we start to understand, as the psalmist said, you know, that we need, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Psalm 61, hear my cry, O God. Listen to the, my prayer. From the end of the earth, I called you and my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's such a beautiful line, right? When we get into that divisiveness, how do we ask God in a humble way, lead me to the rock that is higher than I? Because when we get led to that rock, same language, same words, unity. Moving forward. Again, not uniformity. Not the idea we're all the same. It's that idea that we are all bringing our opinions and our perspectives, some of which we hold in very strong ways. And we're bringing them together into a higher purpose. We're bringing them together into a way that we feel like will serve the common good. That is, that's such a beautiful idea. Now, here's an idea, folks, I want to share with you. And, and this is one, this is courtesy of Pope Francis. And I, I love this idea that he had, and it's, it's actually pretty darn revolutionary, I think, which is not to see the common good as an end state, 
like the common good is like this. I think that can be the where's Waldo kind of thing, that the common good just looks exactly like this. And the problem is when we say the common good looks exactly like this, is that if I'm saying what it looks like, you're gonna get my definition of what the common good is. Steelers win the Super Bowl every year, you know, and it just goes on from there what the common good really is. See, and that, that can't really be like the common good. We have to be able to understand that, that it is a sense of conditions, folks. Again, this idea, common good as recognizable conditions. We may not understand the end state, but we kind of understand the ingredients that go into it. Now that's, that's fascinating. That's eye-opening. Because that takes us away from the battle of what exactly is the common good. There's a place and time for that conversation. But let's start it with, well, what are the conditions under which the common good can be served? Well, and I would start out here, folks. You know, it's, it's like, again, this picture. So fascinating to me, like watching these pictures. We get people to send them in all the time when we're doing service things. And just, just to watch people's joy at this. People from very different perspectives, very different backgrounds. And yet the conditions have been set so that we can observe it. And here's the beautiful part. When the common good starts to be fulfilled, you know what I think one, one of its primary uh, characteristics is, I think, is joy. It's joy. You see, people really filled with joy. A joy that they share, a joy that they're able to communicate with each other. It's an incredible joy to be part of. Now we also can see it in words. Here were some of the, the, the text messages that, that people sent. Um, oh, this is a good one. I, I'm from rural western Pennsylvania, so this kind of comment makes a, makes a lot of sense to me. I wish everyone could share the community of a county fair. Random teenage boys ask if they can help and pitch in for two hours of hard work. The face of the woman who I gave a leftover ticket at the gate. Everyone cheering on the kids' projects. Random and deliberate acts of kindness all over. The place as we join for our county's annual week-long block party. That is so, that's so good. If you haven't been to a, to a rural county fair, you know, well worthwhile taking the time to do it. I was, it was funny, folks, like watching that Common Good, watching, if you ever get a chance, watch a 4-H thing where the kids are trying to get the animals to behave and showing their animals. It is fun. It's sweet. And watching the kids, like the kids will actually sleep with their animals at these, Common will sleep with the animals, you know, just to kind of keep them all clean, make sure they're all protected at the county fair. It's, it's a beautiful thing, right? And you see that, and you just, you set, well, at a county fair, you're going to smell it too. You're, you're going to see it, and you're going to smell it, and it's going to be, oh yeah, that's the smell of the common good. All right, another person, farmer's market, the vendor at the farmer's market threw in two extra pieces of corn. That is baker's dozen plus one. It was great to be able to get to St. Francis Inn this week and work in the yard. My pistachio nut stand, they were giving away pistachios at St. Francis Inn, which is a homeless shelter we work in. My pistachio nut stand was a hit and people were so appreciative to have something special for them, which is nothing to us. The smiles filled my heart. 
This person, beautiful one, listening to a good friend talk about all the ways he's helping his brother navigate health and life challenges. Oh, this is a sweet picture. I realize you can't, you can't quite see this, but mm. my buddy's niece helping my grandson walk to the beach. It's them walking hand in hand down to the shore. Of course, see the above, this picture of St. Francis in with always with the people who are all there. I always stress about filling up the spots we sign up for, but it always works. I need to learn a lesson from this. Don't stress, just let it be. And someone wrote, sharing something with an old friend. Folks, so, so we can, and it's fascinating, right? We can, we can see it in pictures, and we can see it in words, and it's like instant, right? It's instant. That, that's such good news. And it's especially good news in the times we live in, I think, because I think it's incredibly important. Because what's our job with this, folks? Well, maybe this. Maybe our job is to serve the good we see. So we see this good, and we all see it in different ways, right? And how do I see that? Hear people's language around that. Take the spirit from that. Maybe it's not serving in the same way, but I'm grabbing a hold of that same spirit. When I grab a hold of that same spirit, remember, I'm grabbing a hold of the same language and the same words. And I'm pulling it out. And I'm thinking, I'm going to serve that. That's the heart of Christ. And in, in whom we live, move, and have our being. Like, imagine living in that. Imagine living in that. And, and I realize that, that, that uh, you know, oftentimes, as soon as that's out of my brain, as soon as that's out of my mouth, the, um, you know, the very cynical part of me goes like, yeah, that's pie in the sky. But maybe not. County fairs work. Farmer's market works. St. Francis Inn works. Sitting down with a friend works. Watching your grandson be walking, walking to the beach works. Hanging out with an old friend works. Asking the crazy guy in the cemetery, are you okay, works. It's there. Where's your attention? Where have you put your attention? I know if you're like me, it's not there. <laughs> I mean, it actually takes work to do that. It doesn't take any work for me to see all the problems with the world. And yet, from a Swedenborgian perspective, there's reasons why this is so. In other words, we step into these pieces, they become true, and it's because this is actually who we were created to be. It's actually what you were structured to do. Now, I want to talk about that both from an individual level and from a community level, what you were structured to do and what we were structured to do. First, from the individual level. This one here is from the book Secrets of Heaven. Heaven flows as a single stream of influence which everyone receives according to his or her own character. That idea that God's life is one. It's like this beautiful giant river. And that the river has all these beautiful branches to it. And all those beautiful branches are different communities and different human beings. Each taking its part, but, but notice how different the river is in these different places. 
And it's each one of them has its own beauty. I mean, a beautiful mountain stream, right? Mm, picture that for a second. I'm thinking about, for me, from western Pennsylvania, I'm thinking about McConnell's Mills. Beautiful rocks, beautiful stream flowing over all that. What's that for you? What's the stream where you felt was like, oh yeah, if that was a stream, that's what I'd be. You see, it's all different, but it's also beautiful. One river, many streams. One life, many loves. But it's all drawing from the same. And then this part, just an incredibly super critical part of Christian New Church theology. Mutual love and charity bring people together into one, drawing unity out of variety. Drawing unity out of variety. A real simple concept that is well worthwhile for all of us to mark down is this simple idea. Doctrine divides, charity unites. Doctrine divides, charity unites. If we want to understand a way to continue to move the world forward, you know, that idea of charitable service, when we all get into that piece of service, boy, it just, it just like, it pulls people right around. You know, um, this is geeky, this is complete geeky, former history teacher stuff coming out of a pastor's mouth who's still partially a history teacher. You know, it, it, it's, it's interesting uh, when, when, when there, there were some famous pictures from back in the day, you know, these launching of big ships. And one of the things they needed to be careful of is that as these big ships started moving, if there were ships that weren't moored properly, you know, this big ship would sort of suck them in behind and sort of draw them along in their wake. I love that idea, right? I love that idea that when you, when you start to talk about these things, it kind of draws you into its wake. Probably someone somewhere today will hear what that person shared on county fairs, and they're thinking like, honey, we're going to go to a county fair this afternoon. Big ship, little ship drawn into its wake. There's a beauty, there's a deep beauty to that as we understand mutual love and charity bring people together into one drawing unity out of variety. And I, I can't stress enough how important the word mutual is there. It's, it's not, you know, notice here, folks, it doesn't say agreement. It doesn't say we all agree, because we don't. You know, we each have different instruments to play. Our job is to play that well. Not to pretend it's something that it's not or that we don't have the perspectives that we do. We have those perspectives. We're to speak to them. We're to bring life to them because that's what God created you to do. And we do that in a spirit of mutual love and charity or mutual love and service. You could say it that, that way as well. So do we, see, do we see examples of this? We absolutely see examples of this. I think about, now this is totally dating myself. Can anybody here in our studio audience shout out the name of that movie? Breakfast Club. Now, if you haven't seen Breakfast Club, that was, that was, a, that was a favorite movie of mine growing up. 
The movie Breakfast Club. You know, here are all these kids. There's the, there's the, the geek. There's the jock. There's the princess. There's the, there's the tough guy. There's the this, that. And it's, it's about these kids who are stuck in a detention, uh, a detention for a Saturday morning. And it's about how they all figure out, you know, well, there is kind of like one life here. It's an awkward movie. It's a fun movie. We see it as well, famously, in the descriptions of Dorothy Day at the San Francisco earthquake. This is what Dorothy Day wrote way back in the San Francisco earthquake, early 1900s. While the crisis lasted, people loved each other. Isn't that interesting? While the crisis lasted, people loved each other. It was as so they were united in Christian solidarity. It makes one think of how people could, if they would, care for each other in times of stress, without judgment, and with love. That's such a beautiful line. And Dorothy Day, when you look at her life, her life had all kinds of like tumultuous times to it. But you read her, her autobiography, she was always trying to come back to what she observed as a little girl in San Francisco seeing that. That's why she went on to found the Catholic worker. There's beauty here, folks, in how these things work. And then there's mundane ones. I have a, a dear former student out in Utah, and she went to a school board meeting. Now, school board meetings, for those of you who aren't aware, have, aren't aware have become a little contentious in this country as of late. And, and this was beautiful. The school, board, the school board member put this up first, which I love this. We are humans. There will be mistakes. That is great. It's any line that acknowledges that, look, the line of purity does not re, re, run between me and you. It runs right down the middle of all of us. We are human. There will be mistakes. Assume goodwill. There's no us versus them. There's just us. I can be heard and not get my way. I don't really believe that one, but just uh, I, like, I like that line. What works for me and my child may not work for another parent and their child. Seek common ground. There's lines there, folks, that I, that I think are so incredibly beautiful. And, and, and these, these, you know, as we get ready for our, our middle song here, for our last, second to last song, these, these to me speak to conditions. It's not saying what the agreement is going to be. It's not saying what the agreement's going to be. What it's saying but let's try this on for size. See if this like settles with you. What I think it's saying is I'm not so sure what agreement's going to look like. But what I know is I know there's going to be grace. There's going to be grace. One of the primary conditions of the common good. So think about the joy that that kind of world creates where there really is that kind of gracefulness. Letting go of the idea that, that it's like this, the common good is about this ironclad agreement. No. It's about a flavor. A flavor of grace. And when we see it, what do we get to experience? Joy.
When I wake up in the morning, love And sunlight hurts my eyes Then something without warning, love Weighs heavy on my mind But then I look at you And the world's alright with me just one look at you and I know it's gonna be gonna be a lovely day lovely day lovely day lovely day lovely day lovely day a lovely day lovely day lovely day lovely day lovely day lovely day When the day that lies ahead of me Seems impossible to face And when someone else instead of me Always seems to know the way Oh, then I look at you And the world's all right with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be, gonna be A lovely day Lovely day, 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 lovely day We just started our new fiscal year in July. And as we finish the fiscal year each year, I hear a lot of people say, you know what, I wish I could do more. And while we're so appreciative of any dollar amount, I always try to remind people, especially at this time as we're starting a new fiscal year, that the best way to support New Church Live is actually through reoccurring gifts. Um, you can set up a reoccurring gift for any amount 
at any frequency that works for you. And the beauty of it is once you set it up, it slowly builds your contribution to New Church Live throughout the year. And we say a lot of times, if we had 500 people giving $1,000, we would meet our budget no problem. So we encourage you to think now at the beginning of this fiscal year about setting up a reoccurring donation. It's super easy. There's a couple of ways to do that. You can visit our website and go to the donate tab or you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, and you can set up your reoccurring gift both ways. We hope you will consider doing that. It makes a huge difference for us as we plan and do all of the things that support this amazing congregation. So we hope you'll set up a reoccurring donation today. Thanks everyone. Thank you, Angela. So, yeah, the, the beauty of this idea, right? And, and I, I feel, again, this is, this is where, uh, from a Christian New Church perspective, this idea of the common good means, means we believe there's many paths to heaven. Twelve gates, in other words. North, south, east, west. It's connected to that. And, and, and with all that, it's so much about just this, this idea of relationship. And I want to close with kind of two points here. The first one, dealing with, with the relational aspect of that, this idea, this appeal to mutual love. A, a really, really beautiful little line in the, uh, in the Bible, and it's, it's answering the question, what is repentance? Is John the Baptist, is, he says, look, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, 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 which sounds so serious and so dire. And, and so somebody raises their hand and goes like, well, what does repent mean? What does repent mean? Like, how can we do this? It sounds so, so big. And this is his response about what repentance is. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. <laughs> if you have excess, give it away. That's repentance. So different than all the lists we can think about in life. That's Serving the common good. All about the common good. So let's close with looking at those conditions again. Oftentimes, I think we need to really be aware of what aren't the conditions. Seats like this, put this way, these are not the conditions for the common good. Anger, ignoring other people, saying there's a line, they're out, I'm in, or other way around. Like, like, this is not the condition for the common good. Now, again, you would think, well, then the common good must, must be like this. It must be two facing together. And then there's something to that. I mean, there's, there's a good part to that. I'd ask us, though, to think about the common good maybe this way. Again, not like this. Maybe... Not like this. Could be this way some of the time. I want to allow that. But maybe like this. Facing each other somewhat. And most importantly, facing out there into the world. Thinking, how can we serve? I want to give you folks an example here. And, and going back and forth, like I'm going to be honest with you. As I was thinking about this example today, I wasn't so sure I wanted to share it. Because because I don't want it to feel too heavy for folks. And, and I certainly want you to understand that, that here at New Church Live, we're just, we're not a politicized church, and we never will be. 
I mean, that's, that's a real commitment we're going to have here. We're going to welcome everybody. And I wanted to give you, though, an example of maybe how common good could be served, something I've been thinking about and been thinking about maybe as an example to kind of bring it home to folks. So I wanted to pick an issue that's not like the hot topic right now, currently, even though it might be in certain parts of the country, and that's the idea of the death penalty. So for me, I am stridently anti-death penalty, personally. Now as a church, we believe people have to figure that out. But for me personally, and for reasons I won't even go into, I, I just, I have a hard time with it. So, I was reading a recent article, you know, around the, the, the trials of the, the Parkland shooter, and I read this beautiful article. And it was about what sounds like amazing parents to me. And these parents had a beloved son who died in that, that tragic event. And they came to a very different conclusion than I did about the death penalty. So what do you do with that, right? See, if, if common good says there's only the one right answer, there's only the one right answer, pretty soon those chairs are back to back. But if instead we say, no, it's, it's about conditions. It's about the how. Not necessarily about the what. Maybe there's space, a better space there, in terms of conversation and dialogue, unity, not uniformity. Because what I got clear on reading this article, I have no idea what it's like to sit where they're sitting. And I certainly hope I never do. And I have to, in some way, acknowledge that they're sitting where they're sitting for specific reasons from specific experiences. That's my job. And hopefully in conversations, again, I'm never in a conversation with someone like that, but, but hopefully, you know, they would feel the same way in having the conversation go the other way. See, see that conversation's the answer. That dialogue that search for the common good. Because folks, it's a search. It's a process. It may be a process we never actually come to the end of. But it's one that acknowledges that we all have a partial piece of the truth. Our job, your job, my job is to speak that. Because that's who you are. That's who God's given you to be. It's to speak it, it's not to weaponize it. And it's to have the soft edges that allow other people to speak their part too. And then supporting the structures that allow good decisions to be made. Again, decisions I may in the end fully agree with or not. But that wasn't the point. The point were the conditions. I think that's how heaven must work. Swedenborg constantly was talking about this, friends, which I loved. He'd make these observations about angels, and he would, every time like a big question comes up, 
you would think he would, he would pose the question, you know, in his books of theology, he'd pose the question, and then all of a sudden the clouds would part, and down would come God's voice going, the answer is B. It's not how it happens, though. The way the process goes again and again is Swinburne says, yeah, what happens is picture it this way. Whether you picture it or you think it's literal, that's up to you, but, but picture it this way. Picture an angel from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, gathering together, sharing their best understanding. Those are the conditions of the common good. In the round. Holy Supper. Communion again. Those worlds, friends, I, I think, you know, are, are so important. And, and it's, it's easy with church, right? I, I feel that with church, it's, it's easy to sort of hold church in a light way. You know, that, that our job as Christians is to, to create sort of a feel-good thing. You know, I can get into that sometime with like, yeah, I got to make sure everybody comes out of here feeling good. And, and not, that, not that that's bad. I never want anyone to go out of here feeling bad. <laughs> that's not the answer. What I want us all to do today is to go out of here feeling challenged. Go out of here feeling challenged. What rang true for you here today? Where's the call for a no for you, a sacred no, something you want to stop doing? And most importantly, where's the call for a yes? A yes to the common good. A yes to the third way. A yes to the bigger pictures. A yes that moves chairs from back to back to side by side. That's our work to do. And friends, as we say all the time, in terms of the work, please always remember with joy, if I know anything about that work, it's this. The work is good. Amen. What we're going to do now, friends, is now I'm going to offer a prayer, followed by the Lord's Prayer, followed by a blessing, and then we'll have our final song. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for allowing us to share on how the common good might work. Help us to understand those conditions of the common good that can help us to move forward with conversations that are difficult. Not seeing it as a way to silence our voice or to silence someone else's voice, but as a call to grace, a grace that holds it all in our imperfect ways as human beings, a grace that holds it all. There's nothing perfect there, Lord. There's nothing easy. There's nothing smooth. What there is, is work. And what there is, finally, is this. One step, one step closer to home, closer to you, closer to each other, closer to our true selves. Hear your prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen. said have been spoken and all the songs have all been sung you get up slow you make sure nothing's broken and the light of advances run once all the timelines for truth have expired there's something sacred you'll find cause when it's time to be done being tired the light inside starts to shine and it's all good it's okay you'll find another way just like you knew you would and it's all good and answers are over and all the pages are turned there's no slow motion field filled with clover it's just the lessons you've learned it's all good it's all right prepare your wings for flight just like you knew you could and it's all good it's all love Ooh, there will always be enough and hey, the, the rest is understood well that was it's that was all, all good. that was from server writing team and you were like is that it's it Chuck so said, i gotta do better you'll well, leave yeah. some yeah. things behind just like you do. Oh, and it's, it's all good. It was a great example. It's okay. There'll always be a way. Yeah. Right, right. Maybe you want to go sit next to Yeah. Yeah, right. That's good. Well, that preaches. I have to remember. I don't want to see you cry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see you cry. 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 I don't want to see you
talking. Gotta be colorful. So well, here, no, here's the funny part, is it? Here's the funny, yeah, I, I had a couple times. So they, we have a very honest team. Like, and they're very much like, it's like sermon writing. And I just so appreciate honesty. So they, they sat me down and had a conversation about my wardrobe. And they're like, you got Thank up you. your game, buddy. You gotta get some more color in there. True, true sessions is what I